Deep inside this bunker, there is a room. A simple, solitary room with monitors displaying various images, keyboards awaiting input, and reels of tape spinning on the walls. Dull red lights illuminate most of the walls, and bare bulbs shine down on the desks and keyboards. It is clear to me that this room serves a purpose, and a telephone on the wall awaits any who may try to call out, or potentially to receive a call in. I am calling from control. I look around the room, a feeling of intense dread filling me. Jenny and Amelia look at me expectantly. I want to scream that I didn't lead us here, that I am not the reason we are inside control. But it won't do any good. I have been designated, and the responsibility currently lies with me. The images on the monitors are familiar while also seeming completely alien. They appear to be Elm Lake, but not quite. On one monitor, a cursor flashes green text against a black background. It appears to be awaiting some sort of prompt. We have no idea what that prompt might be, or what dangers could come with the wrong one. I approach the reels of tape spinning on the walls. Beneath one in the center, there's a button with a triangle on it. I recognize this button from my time in the broadcast studio. I push it down, and a voice fills the room. The 23rd, it is a Monday. Experiment 47.285 has not produced the expected results. Instead of fear, the residents have seemingly adopted the lycanthropic creatures, treating them as common house pets. Johnson would claim that he knew this was a highly probable result if Johnson were not presently trapped in the form of a chihuahua and had been taken in by resident 14F William Fowler. This experiment will run its course in another three days, at which... I press the button with the square on it, immediately halting the reel from spinning. I look to Jenny, but she doesn't seem to acknowledge me, instead staring at the monitors, her eyes darting back and forth amongst them. I'm about to turn back to the reels when I feel Amelia rest her hand on my shoulder. She looks at me, determination and fear combined in her eyes. I take a deep breath. I don't believe that we were meant to find this room. But we're here now, and it's too late to turn back. We have to learn what we can before Angus figures out the trick to the moving room. The 23rd. 
It is a Thursday. Experiment 83.1G9 has been a rousing success. Residents of the town have successfully been de-aged and appear to be none the worse for wear upon being returned to their correct chronological frequencies afterwards. Even more impressive, we were able to keep the residents in a state of physical childhood for over a week with no ill effects. Looking through my notes here and, uh, ah, yes, we will roll this result into a future experiment. Unsure which as of yet, but the de-aging process has been far more productive than anticipated. This will allow us to study the effects of some of our processes and the town itself on children. I intend to verify these results with Johnson once we are able to accelerate his mental growth back to where he was prior to the de-aging process. In the meantime, I intend to nurture his natural creativity and attempt to provoke an interest in science. At his present age, he should still be malleable. None of this makes sense. If these tapes are to be believed, then everything that's been happening in Elm Lake has been because someone wanted it to happen. Some organization has been treating us as lab rats and taking notes on everything we do. None of that makes sense, though. What about the Moon Festival or the town council? What about George and Lorraine? What about all of my memories of living here in Elm Lake? Are they all lies? My eyes look to the two women who are in control with me. What about them? What about The 23rd. It is a Tuesday. Experiment 142.6TR5 has run into a problem. A rogue element has entered the town. Security protocols demand that we dump out of the experiment, but protocols be damned. This is an opportunity to observe how outside elements interact with our environments. It seems this rogue element is a former resident of the town and related to the other test subjects that we have researched in the past. Observations will focus at least partially on her reactions over time and whether or not she is actually able to manipulate the 23rd. It is a Saturday. The rogue element in experiment 142.6TR5 has gone missing. She appeared on the monitors in sector 24B and then, without warning, appeared to blink out of existence. Prior to her disappearance, her adrenal levels seemed elevated, and brave wave functions showcased heightened anxiety. She had also taken to walking at night and was known to sometimes the 23rd. It is a Friday. We have terminated experiment 142.6TR5 and are preparing for the next experiment. It is no surprise that the rogue element needs to be better accounted for in the planning phases. While we haven't been able to properly analyze how she can skip out of our surveillance, she has thus far always returned with vital signs back in line with expectations. I have spoken with Johnson about her. He claims to have some calculations. The 23rd. It is a Sunday. I don't often work on Sundays, preferring to let the surveillance team record interactions as they see fit. However, something drew me here today. Maybe I simply missed the comforting growl of the beast below the engine that drives all of our machines. Either way, it was best that I came in as Johnson has gone missing. He was tasked with preparing for experiment 792.B43, but has not returned to control as of yet. 
It has been days, and I don't know how much longer we can wait for him to return. He knows what happens if he's outside when we launch the experiment. He's witnessed it with Williams and Gerald. I'll give him one more day. If he isn't back by then, I will have no choice but... The cold, disconnected manner of speech chills me. Talking clinically about experiments, being willing to sacrifice fellow researchers. This is not someone I think I could ever find a kinship with. There's no warmth to them. And while they may seem to have a scientific curiosity, there's no humanity to them either. And the repeated mentions of a rogue element, something from outside that happened to infiltrate their carefully constructed system, it almost sounds like no, it can't possibly be. I look at Jenny Fowler, her eyes still focused on the monitors, not giving any indication of whether she's heard any of these recordings. I refuse to believe that she is this outside force alluded to in the same way that I refuse to believe that we are being subjected to an unmanned, unobserved experiment. I depress the fast forward button and draw to near the end of the reel. The 23rd, it is Wednesday. Everything is prepared for experiment 18123.54E9. We have secured our external specimens path of re-entry as we have so many previous times. Johnson is now fully integrated as a subject, no longer showing any memories of his time with our team. It is an unfortunate but necessary result, and he has shown surprising results. He has yet to interact with the external specimen on any of our previous tests, but perhaps this one The 23rd, it is a Wednesday. Experiment 18123.549 has been underway for some time. Exactly how long, it is impossible to judge. We have successfully constructed circular pathways for time, with our subjects moving within them. The subjects call them loops, but we believe them to be more of ribbons or knots. Semantics aside, we are getting surprising results. Alternate realities, first instituted in Experiment 13.6G, have begun to reform. The 23rd. It is a Wednesday. Something has gone wrong. Something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. The circular time pathways have begun to unravel and the effects threaten to reach us here. A research team has locked themselves into control watching the monitors closely. Familial connections have been dissolved as we can no longer be sure families will even remember us. For their part, the test subjects do not appear to be suffering ill effects, and as such, the experiment is set to continue. The 23rd, it is a Wednesday. It is always a Wednesday. And it's never a Wednesday. I'm calling from control. Is it control? 
is it still control? We have been control. We have been a wine cellar. We have been a crypt. We have been devoid of being. We have been control again. I have attempted to reset the experiment, but have been stopped many times. Sometimes a button is missing, replaced with an unknown insect. Sometimes a button does nothing. Sometimes I press it and confetti spills out of the ceiling. We did not know what we were creating. We do not know what is coming next. I cannot even truly say if there will even be a next. It is still Wednesday, and when I awaken tomorrow, it will continue to be Wednesday. This is now all I know. Johnson may have somehow found more safety outside of these walls and within the experiments than the rest of us ever had a right to. If this recording finds you, you must try to reset the experiment, to end the time distortions and close the extraplanar rifts. As long as you are within control, you should not be reset. It's always worked that way before. But that was before. Before it was always Wednesday. I cannot be certain any longer and I can only wish you. The tape of the reel continues to spin, having run its full course. I feel nauseous. I notice now that both Amelia and Jenny are behind me, their eyes glistening. I turn around to face them, prepared to give an embrace while we determine next steps. It is then I notice the soft blue light, and beneath it, a single, simple red button. I look at Jenny, not able to find words. Jenny looks at Amelia. Amelia looks back at me. In that moment, all thought of Marcus, Angus, Lorraine, George, and the entirety of Elm Lake vanish from our minds. All that remains is the three of us and the red button underneath the blue light. And it is waiting. Calling from Elm Lake, episode 25, Control, was written and produced by Sean Monahan. The voice of Elm Lake is Sean Monahan. The voice of the scientist is Rob Ward. Opening and closing themes written and performed by Sean Monahan. All other music written and performed by Matt McInnes. Find out more at machinismusic.com. You can find us on both Twitter and Facebook for a little social media strangeness. 
You can also find us on TikTok as we create visuals to help round out the world of Elm Lake. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on whichever podcasting app you have found our feed. Doing so could help bring new listeners to the call of Elm Lake. If you'd like to support us as we unfold this story, add new voices, and just generally continue to explore this particular creative process, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash callingfromelmlake. Your support will help us continue to grow and expand on the story, and hopefully be able to add even more content within the universe of Elm Lake. Life is a series of experiments. We are all scientists on some level, creating hypotheses to help fuel our explorations. Unfortunately, the concept of control is simply an illusion, provided to us by others conducting experiments we cannot even hope to see, yet are intrinsically part of.